grab a pen. Why don't you guys open up to there's the first um, the first blank page, um, which is right before the first chapter of Isaiah. Okay, so every you you probably have all played that game where someone says a word and like word association, you know, where you say a word and you whatever what I want I'm gonna say a word, okay, and I want the very I want you to write down the very first word <laughs> that comes into your mind when you hear the word I'm going to say. One word only. Okay? So I'm going to say the word. You're going to then write one word that comes to your mind when you hear the word I'm going to say. Are my directions clear? <laughs> As my one word. Just one say word. the word. Just say the word. The word is Isaiah. Everyone got that? Did you do that, Charlie? What did you come up with? Isaiah Thomas from uh, the Detroit Pistons. Okay. NBA Hall of Famer. All right. NBA Hall of Famer and won a couple of championships, I believe. Isaiah Thomas. (laughs) All right. Um, Eli, did you do that? What did you come up with? I just thought of again, just profit. Isaiah the prophet. Prophet. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, Gil. Wonderful. Wonderful. Steve, I'm having people. I said the word Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Write down one word that comes to your mind when I say the word Isaiah, and put it in your book. Do you have a pen? Pencil. I do. I okay. Do. Put it like right here in pen. On your first page is blank in your in your Isaiah book that you don't have yet, <laughs> that you do now. Okay, um, go. I put profit as well. Okay, we got two for profit. Sixty-six. Sixty-six. Really? That's a that's a good number. Why? Why did you come up with sixty-six? It's because. 66 chapters. 66 chapters. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> 66 bucks. Read for profit. 66. Profit? Oh, yeah, the ready for profit. All right, John. Prophecy. Prophecy. Prophet. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, good connection. Yeah. You get you get five points for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it can't be like it can't be unclean lips, can it? it can, sure, I'll unclean go for that. Lips. Unclean lips. All right. <laughs> we we need a little bit of um, wrath and conviction in that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, huh? 
Well, that was interesting how many people came up with profit. I, um, all right, we'll have to keep that in mind as we go through. All right, so as we start to go into this book, and uh, what I am going to do today, and I'll set some expectations as we go along, is we're going to you know, do some overview. I'll start to do a little bit of overview stuff today, and then we're going to get right in. We're actually going to get right into Chapter 1, okay? Um, and we will be, um, over the next you know, couple weeks, there's a lot of context to things that are going on in Isaiah that are important to understand, what's going on historically and stuff. As we start hitting those things, we will start opening that up. As opposed to me just talking for two hours and giving you like... You know all this context. I want to sort of try to do it as much as we can as we as we go along with things. But it's definitely a book where we need to understand historically what's going on um, to be able to understand what Isaiah is even talking about. All right. Um, so when you so here here's a question as we as we start entering this book is to well, how much do you know about this book? How, how much you know, I just say just generally, how much do you know about Isaiah? When, I mean, just to be interested in hearing, have, have any of you ever studied it? Um, what, when you, when you, what, what do you know about Isaiah? He's number just, one, the prophet. It's what? Prophet number one. Prophet number one. So he's the number one prophet. Uh, that's, that's what I always thought of him. Okay. As, yeah, because he's so extensive and he was mm-hmm. such a good man in his life. He was so influential. He just stood head and shoulders above everybody else. <coughs> and it was a prophet, I thought. Okay. All right. So. An extremely courageous man. Yeah, very cool. inspirational. Yeah. yeah. Very, very courageous. Courageous? Courageous? Courageous. And you say that because? Well, he, he did what God told him regardless of what was going to happen to him. Hmm. Okay. And he just obeyed. He obeyed. All right. And it wasn't comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll find out some things he had to do were definitely not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. in, in, in my defense, I just Googled Isaiah, and Isaiah Thomas is the first thing that came up. So, oh, okay. Uh, All right. Well we'll, 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 we'll give you a pass for and, that and then And then Isaiah the prophet, and then uh, more uh, sports uh, guys and actors. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously the source of authority is always Google. So <laughs> it's 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 an authority. <laughs> it is an, an authority. That's for sure. <laughs> um, okay. What other things? Um, so. Well, he was. A, I think he was a man who was uh, well to do. I don't know where that comes from. Hmm. Um, hey, Jason. Yes. So a man that's well to do. Okay, was, yeah, yeah hold, was, keep that keep that in mind. Well, he was, he yeah. was in the court, so he must have been something of. Okay. Question is, what what do you know about? As we start opening up Isaiah. What do you know about Isaiah? Um, any, I'm just trying to get sort of a idea as we start getting into this book. What 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 sort of our base of the things that people just know or about Isaiah? So probably, um, probably the most quoted prophet. Okay. Oh, good say, I think Jesus even quoted him. Okay. All right. The most quoted prophet. Yeah. All right. That's actually that's good. Yeah. So if he's the most quoted prophet, what does that in the New mean? Testament? I should say. Yeah. What What would that mean? I mean, how? What would that tell you about him? That he certainly has. He's a wise man. 
Yeah. Well, uh huh. You're certainly hearing from God. Okay. Okay. Hearing from God. All yeah. right. I remember reading that he uh, that I think there was 119 or something prophecies directly about Christ, and that all but one have been fulfilled, and that's the second coming. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah, you were telling me that the other day. How about uh, other, check it out, other people? Um, yeah, you should check that out. I don't know whether that's true. I'll draw off the top of my head or not. Um, what other things do you just know about Isaiah? If someone said, tell me what you know about Isaiah, what would you... This man that said that he, he prophesies through four kings. Okay, he prophesied. All right, he's prophesied through four kings. All right. Now, where do you get those four kings? How do you know four? Because they're noted. This what? They're noted. They're noted? Where are they noted? In, in, in the scripture. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. All right. Others? Are, part, part of his writings are a part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. So oh, there very good. Confirmation that Excellent. he was a real that. guy that really lived and wrote. Very good, Charlie. And I'm, that's, I'm, che- I'm cheating a little bit. I have a reference book. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. But I mean, that's that's actually is. I mean, that's. I'm glad you brought that up because that is something about this book of Isaiah. In yeah. fact, even I think the newest ones they just found some more exactly. just recently is got Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the fragments that and pieces that they've seen found the most in Qumran where they were finding these, um, which what it does with the Dead Sea Scrolls is it validates that these, you know, these scrolls, they can date them, and they were written, you know, some, pe- some people used to say things like, oh, well, those prophecies about Jesus and Isaiah were written after Jesus, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because um, they were right on. Yeah, and <laughs> they had to be just confirming what we all know and believe and have our faith in that uh, not, <laughs> no, they were written before. So they really did prophesize. Um, the Jesus book of Isaiah is unique with Qumran because mm-hmm. they chose to, uh, the Israelis, create this monument of the scroll. And it's this very high-tech building that looks like a clay jar and it's got this golden dome. Mm-hmm. And you go inside and mm-hmm. there's... It's all in circular, and you're looking at the Book of Isaiah oh. in its totality oh, I don't from the third that. century, mm. and oh. so that were discovered at the uh, Qumran at the huh. Dead Sea Scroll. Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. On the walls? Uh, it's this high-tech museum oh. with the scroll unrolled all I the way around you, yeah. and the building was designed to accommodate. The yeah, scroll. exactly. Uh-huh. The yeah. papyrus or wow. whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. All right, others. What do you know about Isaiah? So is it, it handles Messiah? Doesn't he reach into yes. Isaiah? I would assume the so, government yeah, will be upon his shoulders. shoulders which is Isaiah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I, that's where I got the word wonderful. But I, mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, wonderful about counselor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Paul, I mean, Paul quoted him a lot. Yes. And yeah. I think a lot of people call it like the fifth gospel. Very good. Um, yeah, that that is something that is true. That people yeah. a lot of times will call it the fifth gospel. What's the chapter that is so spot on with fifty three? I think yeah, yeah, we're spot on about the prophecy. Fifty two to fifty three about with Jesus. Yeah. I've also heard um, 
I've heard some interesting arguments that there were multiple authors of the Book of Isaiah. Yeah, we will. We'll touch on that some. Uh huh. Yeah. That's okay. He, he lists six attributes of the Holy Spirit. Oh. Yeah, and that's in that whole part where he talks about the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Sick. The one attribute he leaves out is the Spirit of Truth. Huh. Interesting. Okay. All right, anybody else? You know, it seems like it was a few years ago that Steve had included that when you go through all 66 books... Do you remember just saying that in the upper room? Uh, six, six, oh, six, six books? Uh, six, 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 six chapters, chapters of six, that you six, come through six, six books, yeah. the, the meat of the scriptures yeah. from beginning to end. Uh-huh. And that Steve had brought that. That is, a, that is actually true. Yeah. We'll talk about that, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I want you to turn. That's good. Just to sort of get a base as to where we're at. Um with knowing what's going on in Isaiah. I want you to turn to Isaiah 6. And this, Isaiah 6, uh, as we will see as we move on, go on, Isaiah 6 is one of the key chapters within all of Isaiah. Um, And we'll talk more about that, and as we get to chapter 6, we'll spend probably quite a bit of time in chapter 6. Uh, but one of the reasons it's so influential, too, is not just its influence within the book of Isaiah, but also because it is the passage we're going to read here in a few moments that is quoted um, by Jesus at least th- three or four times in the Gospels. Every Gospel quotes this specific passage of Isaiah. So it's quoted... In you know it's, it's written by Isaiah for his time and his people. It's quoted by Jesus for his time and his people, and it's also used by Paul speaking to the people during that time. All right, and so this is one of the key passages of of what Isaiah is trying to get across and what God is trying to get across through Isaiah. All right, and I want us to keep this in mind. This is one of these passages we'll start learning that there's going to be certain key themes we're going to be looking for throughout Isaiah. This is one of the key ones, um, and it will drive some of the things we'll do in this as we walk through um, that we will work on. So I just want to read this to you because it says in Isaiah 6, I'll just start at, at, at verse 1. Um, and this is also when, this is the place where Isaiah is called by God to be the prophet, okay, to go out and speak to the people. So this is actually the calling of Isaiah 2. And it says, in the year of King Uzziah, in the year that King Uzziah, one of the ones that Jason said that is called out here, died. And that's Probably King Hosea is probably like around 700 BC, roughly, somewhere around those. We don't have dates exactly, but around 700 BC. I saw the Lord, meaning Isaiah, upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. 
And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of... What, Steve? (laughs) Unclean lips. Unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go, and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their eyes heavy, and ears heavy, thank you, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. That section right there, keep on hearing but do not understand, keep on seeing but do not perceive, make the heart of this people dull and the ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. This is one of the major judgments that God is bringing upon the people at that time of Israel. But it is also one of the main judgments that God brought upon what Jesus said during his time, that Paul during his time, as we can say, us during our time. <laughs> All right. And so one of the things that we want to be doing as we walk through Isaiah, and my hope is that we are going to hear with our ears. Learn to hear God with our ears and understand. See God with our eyes. <laughs> it was interesting. That's what Toby preached on Sunday. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Okay. And perceive. So not just see, but perceive and know what we see with our eyes. And then understand with our hearts. That is God's like passion and desire. That for all of us, we encounter God and we hear what he says to us. We see what he wants to show us. We perceive it. And we understand what he's saying. And we understand him. But why, does he, him why does he tell Isaiah to close their ears and yeah. close their eyes? So we will, when we get to that, we will address that. Okay. But in essence, he's, it's sort of like Romans 1, where God's saying, I'm going to just get people over to where they're going. And in essence, it's like, this is what the people are doing. So if this is what you want to do, go for it. <laughs> okay? And he's letting it, letting it be. All right. 
So part of what I want us to do is, and hope, is as we go through Isaiah, that we will do this, that we will be able to hear God speak to us through his word, that we'll be able to see and perceive what he wants to show us, that we will be able to understand in our hearts what he's trying to tell us and what he is telling us. Okay, That we hear, just like Isaiah, I mean, he encountered the presence of God. <laughs> All right. That's my desire is we don't just get a bunch of head knowledge, but that we encounter God as we go through this book of Isaiah. It's part of what I'm excited about in, go, in going through here. So to start that out and give us some practice with that, um, we are going to be spending some time in chapter one. And I'll tell you more about why we're spending time in chapter one as we go along here. But I want us to start out by listening, hearing. That's one thing we don't do these days very well. I mean, we don't, you know, we're so, with our social media, with TV, <laughs> with all the things, we all have this stimulus coming to us. But we don't a lot of times really hear and discern. And so I want us to sort of start practicing hearing. Um, one of the things that Gil's doing He's the one that actually gave me this idea. He doesn't even know it. Um, is he's listening? You're listening through Isaiah, okay? And um, so that's one thing I would invite you to do is is read Isaiah, but hear Isaiah, listen to it in different versions and stuff. So we're going to play chapter one of Isaiah. We're going to play chapter one through chapter two. Verse 5, because this is going to be what we're going to look at is really the section that is like the introduction of Isaiah. So we're going to play that. As we do, um, within the same page, okay, that we're on here, I want you to just hear, this isn't a test, okay? I want you to just hear, and I want you to just see what you hear. What is it you hear? Isaiah, which is really God telling us, okay, in here. And there's a lot. So I just, just want to pick out anything that just your ears go, ha, huh, what's that? You know, what, 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 what do you hear in here, okay? All right, let's see if I can pull this off. Hopefully you'll be able to hear it too, Charlie and Eli. Um, this is a guy named David, how do you say his last name, Gil? Suchet? Suchet? Oh, Suchet. Suchet. He's reading a version. We'll listen to different people read as we go along. Okay. All right. So let's just um, hear the word of God. <laughs> and I'll go back for a second. The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Okay, here we go. The book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1, the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem, that Isaiah... By the way, sorry, Um, just listen, don't read. So don't look at your Bibles, don't read along with them, just listen, okay? The book of Isaiah... Isaiah, chapter 1. Isaiah? The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem. 
that Isaiah son of Amos saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear me, you heavens, listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and bruises and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. Your country is desolate, your cities burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hut in a cucumber field, like a city under siege. Unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She once was full of justice. Righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. 
They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the Mighty One of Israel declares, Ah, I will vent my wrath on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. I will restore your leaders as in days of old, your rulers as at the beginning. Afterwards, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion will be delivered with justice, her penitent ones with righteousness. But rebels and sinners will both be broken, and those who forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. You will be disgraced because of the gardens that you have chosen. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. The mighty man will become tinder, and his work a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. Isaiah chapter 2 This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So why don't you, just on that same blank page, just write down a couple things that come to your mind that you just heard. On that same blank page. Okay, so why don't some of you tell me what what are you writing down there? What did you write down as far as things that you heard? Condemnation if you don't listen to the Lord. Okay. Condemnation if you don't 
listen to the Lord, okay? And we're, that's what we're doing right now is we're listening to the Lord. <laughs> Tell us we better listen to the Lord. <laughs> pretty, pretty clear. Yeah. It was very, uh, like, yeah, there was a lot of condemnation, like the sacrifices, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I don't like the smell of the incense. When you pray, I don't hear you. And then I was kind of, and then he brings up specific examples, and it like it was people. He was talking about aliens, orphans, and widows. Like you're not caring for them. Very good. That was what I heard. Very good. Yeah. yeah. He said you're corrupting children. Hmm. I think, yeah, it would speak. God hates phoniness. Oh yeah. Oh, good. Well put. <laughs> he hates phoniness. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very he well hates put. It. He'd yeah. rather not see it or hear it. Yeah. He'll restore you if you repent, but he hates the show of piety. Yeah. When it's just that. Yeah. Well, you and I were talking yesterday morning about the um, the services at some places where it's all it's all a uh, it's all theater. Mm-hmm. It's all made to pull people in. And I, it's like almost like an advertisement. But what, if, what I thought here, the prophecy at, at the end, where he says, you will turn your plowshares, I mean, you turn your swords into plowshares, that hasn't been fulfilled yet. The prophecy about be you know, the government and the Government, I'm bad. I mean, Christ's government. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, we're still in between. That's yeah. what I, I got from that. Yeah, the kingdom of God is still not fully here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like we often think of uh, frustration as a kind of feeble human emotion, but they hear through this, God is really frustrated and angry. You hear that from like Fair. God's yeah. feeling that frustration from God? Yeah. yeah. He's just uh-huh. frustrated with his people. Huh. Yeah, you get the emotion. Yeah, that's yeah, very good. But he gives hope. He did have hope. that prophecy at the end. That's an incredible thing. Yeah. We and it's a it's just like the same God. In the Old Testament, that's in the New Testament. It's a constant beckoning to repent and turn back to Him. Yeah. And He'll heal you. Right? It's just never ending. Yeah, very important to hear yeah. is that that's why we're going through Isaiah. Is yeah. it's we're gonna we're gonna be going. Wow, that's just like what Paul said <laughs> in Galatians. <laughs> I mean, it, it, because it's the same God. Yeah. He's saying the same thing. He's been saying the same thing for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget the fatherless, the widows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me this hope. Yeah. Yeah. There's an art through Isaiah and through the Old Testament where a lot of it certainly can seem rough, but God is endlessly pursuing his people. Mm-hmm. Not, not giving up on him, despite his anger and frustration, but he is endlessly pursuing them. And that's why listening, you, you see we went through 2-5. Okay. Um, this whole chap, first chapter and through two five, is sort of a, like an intro to Isaiah, as we'll see. 
And, you know, if you didn't have that two, one through five, I mean, there's the hope. Yeah, things sound really like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but there's always the hope. There's always the if you turn. Okay. And then the future hope that you talked about. Yeah. It's kind of in the entire scriptures, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that. Uh, His action against the rebelliousness, his actions against his enemies, is that he won't hear them. They don't get to communicate. Mm. That's what you which, Yeah, which goes back to what you were asking about, what we heard in Isaiah 6. Wow, it sounds like God's making this happen to the people. He's telling the people what's going to happen because of this is what you've got, which means you're not able to hear me anymore. Mm-hmm. You're you're cutting yourself off from the the God of the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of the setup to bring the Gentiles in, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like to yeah. turn it over to people who didn't know God mm-hmm. that will hear His voice and know God. And then do the same darn thing. (laughs) Well put. Right. (laughs) Another reason why we're in Isaiah. You know, it's like history repeats itself. Yeah, everything (laughs) is exactly exactly what's going on. Yeah, it it is. And we're going to find out more about that as we go along. I think just one thing that stands out, too, is um, I, I get the criticism against, like, it's not a uh, the law, you know. Like we love, I have loved to criticize the law. Like of course it's not about that. Well, but it was pretty clearly laid out like that. Mm-hmm. And then they were doing it, and then he's obviously not pleased with it. So I, I can kind of sympathize with him a little bit there. You know, like I like to think if 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 this law was laid out for me and I lived back then, like I I would have tried really hard to follow it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like oh, but. I, I, there's just some tension there for me. Yeah, is what I'm yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind as we go through and some of this yeah. stuff because it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Sin is so endemic to us that it's very hard to uh, escape the condemnation that's being talked about there. Mm-hmm. Other people, things that came. Anybody else that you heard? Look to the Lord and no longer prepare for war. Mm. By the plowshares instead of swords. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Look to the Lord. Mm. Yeah. The, the again, here's your punishment. You don't get to have a relationship with me, mm. right? The law. isn't your God. That's where you're missing it. Dad puts down, here are the rules of the house. Follow the rules. What? But hey, Dad's still here. I want to have a lo- I want to love you. Hmm. I want to have that loving relationship. And that's it. Then he goes, okay, I told you I'm angry. This is what's going to happen. However, I'll pull you out again <laughs> and let's, let's uh, you'll be... Saved and everything will be cool, and mm-hmm. here's all the good things that are going to happen. 
again and again and again. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like, and again, like a father, just you're never going to give up. Right. You know, he screwed up again. He went to jail. But, you know. I'm going to bail you out again. bail you out again. <laughs> Keep doing it and just hope and pray that you can it. Right. Right. Okay. So I want to go through uh, now just a couple little, I'm going to call them tidbits, just some little things to know about Isaiah. We'll go through them pretty quick. Okay. Um, <coughs> I want you to open up in your Bibles. Um, so if you got your Bible, um, turn to Luke 4. <coughs> I hope I don't have that coughing fit like I did last week. So Luke 4. All right, look um, at verse 14 in Luke 4. So up to this point, what has just happened, obviously Jesus was born, and he's um, gone through his baptism. Um, they list his genealogy, which is always very exciting. It actually is when you study it. Um, <laughs> but um, And then you have Jesus being tempted by Satan. But then, if you, in your Bibles, um, if you look at Luke 4, you probably will see in your Bibles a heading that says something along the lines like, mine said, Jesus begins his ministry. And that's really, is after the temptation, he's been baptized, after the temptation is when Jesus officially starts his ministry. All right? And what it says is it says in Luke um Luke 4.14, it says, And Jesus returned, this is from the temptation, Jesus returned to the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And then it says in verse 15, And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So in the days of Jesus, there were synagogues. In fact, if you go to Israel today, you can go and see some of those synagogues. Some of them are still pretty well in place. Um, not the covering and stuff, but you can see where a lot of these synagogues were that Jesus would have very possibly gone into um, and taught. And in the synagogues, uh, what would happen is very similar to if you are Jewish today and you're a religious Jew and you go to a synagogue, and I've been to some Jewish synagogues, and what they will do is every Saturday in their synagogue, they will open up the scroll. Uh-huh. And they will actually, they actually have a scroll. So they have it in an encasing. And what they do is they pull out that scroll, you know, it's about this big, all right, and they will unroll it, and they will have something to read for that time. And the Jews during Jesus' day, and they do today, they have a sequence they have things that they read through a three-year cycle. All right? And we can go back and actually see, I mean, that three-year cycle that is done today by Jews is very, very similar to what was done by Jesus. We actually can go back and see this in the synagogue and find out what those readings were that they went back and through. They would read from the Torah, the law, the first five books. And we have to remember when we say law, you know, we think Paul when he says law, but remember it was works of the law. When, when we hear the word t- law in scripture, it's almost always 
not what we think of as law. It's Torah. It's teaching. It actually means teaching. Um, the Torah means teaching, and the first five books of the Bible are referred to as the Torah. Okay. Then they would then usually read from what's called the prophets. So they would read at least one thing from the law, and then they would read from the prophets. And the prophets obviously include all the way up through Isaiah and past that. Okay. What's interesting is that during the time of Jesus, two-thirds of all the readings that were done from the prophets, two-thirds were done from Isaiah. Hmm. That's how important the book of Isaiah was to the Jews. So when they read from the prophets during the time of Jesus, two-thirds of their readings was from Isaiah. Two-thirds of those two-thirds <laughs> of that reading came from chapters 40 to 55 of Isaiah. So you can imagine, part of us might want to say, well, I will then. How do they miss Jesus? <laughs> All right. Um, they did. But 40 through 55 of Isaiah, which we will obviously get to, um, is is one of the key influential passages um, and sections of Isaiah that was read during the time of Jesus. So you can see that not only was it influential there, but Jesus' ministry, that listen to what happens, says, And he came, Jesus, to Nazareth, in verse 16, <clears throat> where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on, on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Notice that that always will happen. Just so you know, in the synagogue, we don't do that. Um, some churches would do that even today. Is every time when you go into a synagogue today, every time the word of God is read, everyone stands. Which I think is pretty mm. cool. Yeah. So he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, a set and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Isaiah is Jesus' mission. <laughs> it is where he pulled that from. And one of the things for us to remember is that when Jesus takes his mission from Isaiah in this section, he's really pulling his mission ultimately from all of Isaiah, which also which really goes back to pretty much all of, I mean all of the Old Testament, right? I mean, so you know, his mission, Jesus is he when he thinks about what he was here on earth to do, he thinks Isaiah. Is where he pulls that from. So it just shows you how influential this book is, not just to the Jews, but how influential influential it is to Jesus. And I think I said last week, 
you know, we as a people of God want to become more like Jesus. My hope is to go through Isaiah is we become more like Jesus who got and understood. And when we read Isaiah, then it will actually point us to Jesus. <laughs> okay. And we will become and understand and relate with him, the Christ, the universe, as we walk through this book. Because this is where he pulls who he was, what his whole mission was. And you might have even picked up from what a lot of you said in chapter 1 and to 2-5 that we just listened to. You can actually hear some of that mission in chapter 1 through 2-5 that we were just hearing. I think you were saying, someone said, what was that about how he heard about you know the poor, taking care of the poor? Who said that? Yeah, you said that. Yeah, you, you, you hear it here. Same thing. All right? Sort of have these echoes that are going on. Widows, um, the orphans, and, and did you say the aliens? Aliens, yeah. orphans, and widows. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so, well, I don't want to get political, but here we have thousands of aliens in our country, and we're, we're rejecting them. What? How does that fit? That's why we're in Isaiah. We're going to find those things out maybe we go through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I'm going to bring up in a now. minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, in... Again, we have to remember everything we do as we walk through here. I'm going to say this over and over again as we bring up things like that. We must always go back to Scripture. We must understand it's in its context of what God's saying during that time mm-hmm. for us to be able to pull that out and try to apply it to today. And we need to be faithful in doing that because a lot of times what ends up happening is we pull, and that's what the problem is. So many people pull from Isaiah. In fact, if you, I think I said it last week, I think probably during the political season of the last four years at least, the number one book that was most quoted from was Isaiah. All right? Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, we need to be people that, if we're going to do that, we better make sure we're faithful to what Scripture and faithful to the interpretation of that. And so we need to know as we read Isaiah and we quote Isaiah as any other part of Scripture, are we doing that in the right context? Are we speaking as God would speak, or am I just pulling scripture out to use it to fit my own yeah. agenda? Was, all right, And that's a constant thing we as Christians have to always be super cautious with because we will fall into, wow, that scripture just sounds so like what's happening right now. Almost like what you're saying. Not saying to judge whether it is or not. And then say, I'm going to pull that out and use that like a sword. Okay. Well, we need to understand this is the heart of God. And are we faithfully being like God and like to the world in how we're doing that? So, you going to say it, Steve? Oh, it's just interesting. It was uh, when 9 11 happened, uh, one of the congressmen quoted Isaiah. Yeah. You know, we'll rebuild with hewn stone. And it was kind of like we were doing the same thing that the Jews were doing back then. We were, we're going to rebuild with pride. We're not going to, you know, yeah. we're not going to humble ourselves and return to the Lord. We're going to build it bigger and stronger. And <laughs> build a bigger, bigger tower to battle. Yeah, you can. yeah, yeah. You, you could, uh-huh. Just in what we read, speaking of what you're talking about, is it, you know, this being the prom- prophetic 
set up for Christ and right. his, his platform also right. f- for the Jews. It's like why did Gil had asked why did he why did he instruct or say he was going to you know keep on hearing but do not understand, keep on seeing but do not perceive, make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Mm-hmm. That's the prophecy of the Jews missing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Pretty clearly. It, it is. And and prior to that, him identifying who his enemies are. That he quotes that Isaiah passage to the Jews while he was in ministry. Right. <laughs> saying, look, here I am. <laughs> Do you see me? Do you hear me? You don't. You don't, right. I mean, the amazing thing is uh, Moses says, uh, the Lord shall bring up from among your people a prophet, and him you shall hear. He told him way back then, and he gave him the same instruction, you need to hear him. Mm. And they missed it. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, a few other things. So Isaiah is actually the most quoted, I'm going to say book, in the New Testament. I have to sort of say that in quotes because the most quoted is Psalms. Okay, um, Psalms is quoted 68 times um, in the New Testament. But Psalms is really a collection. It's not really a book. Okay, it's a collection of Psalms. Psalms, <laughs> all right. So we treat it like a book, but it's not like a, a book in the sense of, you know, it's got different authors, it's got different, you know, psalms, all right. Where Isaiah is really the most quoted full book of the Bible in the New Testament. So it's quoted at least 55 times in the, in the New Testament. So again, you see how influential this book of Isaiah is. Um, Isaiah is unique in two sort of almost opposing ways. One is Isaiah has the most precise prophecy that has ever been fulfilled. So what you're gonna we're gonna find out, we're gonna talk about prophecy as we go through here, because we're obviously gonna be dealing with prophecy, is that a lot of prophecy in the Old Testament, and so we wonder why did they miss Jesus? Well, a lot of reasons. One is Isaiah six, okay, but a lot of prophecy is not really precise. It doesn't mention very detailed things. It doesn't mention names. It doesn't mention dates. It's it's more general, okay? And so you could sort of say, you know, who do, who can I apply that to? But in Isaiah, you have the prophecy of Cyrus, which is very very unusual for a prophecy. Uh, it is the only prophecy really in all of the Old Testament that is very detailed, where it if if it was written a hundred years before Cyrus, to mention his name and to mention the details about him is very unusual. Okay, and we will talk about that when we get to Cyrus. All right. So that's one thing that's unique about Isaiah is it has um, prophecies like other prophecies that are not so detailed, but you then have this section that you go that people will again go. There's no way. It must have been written after Cyrus. <laughs> All right? Um, but you have a very detailed prophecy, okay, that's believed to be written a hundred years 
before Cyrus even came on the scene and anybody ever knew his name. So we'll talk about that. On the other side, the other thing that's unique about Isaiah is along the lines of what we just did with Isaiah 6, is that Isaiah, um, particularly in chapters 40 and past that, is you'll, you'll find things very detailed about historical events that are happening around the time of Isaiah up through like chapter 40, where you see prophecies being fulfilled. Okay, and we'll be going through that. Like what happens to Ahaz, what happens to Israel, what happens to Judah, what happens to Hezekiah, what happens to these four kings. But when you hit chapter 40, things sort of switch and you start getting what is called more ahistorical, I'm using this term, ahistorical prophecies. Not, not to say, not meaning that, or not to say that they're not historical. So ahistorical does not mean it wasn't historical. What it means is that there are prophecies given in a way that they can be used not just in that time, but they can be used throughout sort of history as we go along and see them being fulfilled. So you can see that, that Isaiah is speaking to, and God's speaking through Isaiah, to the people of his time. Mm. But those prophecies then become 200 years later to the people of God, 500 years later to the people of God, 3,000 years later to the people of God. And they're designed where you go, whoa, that's today, like what we just read in Isaiah 6. So you see that throughout, but, but it's sort of unusual that you have these prophecies that also can be looked at as being fulfilled in ways, almost, like they're today. So something's very unique about um, Isaiah 2. Um, we will talk about, um, obviously, prophecy. You know, how is it fulfilled? What is prophecy? We'll go through and talk about that. Um, one of the things that um, we can make people nervous, um, but one of the things that is is interesting is you know we have gone through part of the reason why I thought it'd be neat for us to go through Isaiah at this time. I actually thought when I came back, um, when I came back, I had this really strong sense that God was saying, do Isaiah. And then, and I was just like, okay, what am I going to do about that? But then I sort of got this second sense, and I'm just going to, you know, sense like, wait, it's not time yet. And then I got the sense of going through Galatians, okay, and saw like, wow, Galatians is really good to go through. What I think is interesting is, you know, we have been through as men here, We've been through a lot of New Testament books. I think that's the only thing I've ever really taught here before. And those books have been primarily focused on Christ and focused on who we are as a church today and our relationship with Jesus Christ. All right. Um, what I think is, I what I sort of have a sense of is that we as a group of guys, including myself, have are ready and mature enough <laughs> and grown enough to start going to another level with that, which is to really learn to listen to God, not just individually, not just as a group of guys, but to start learning to discern what's happening in our world. Okay? And seeing how that matches or doesn't match with God's plan. 
All right, and I think there's no better time probably than to do that. Um, and I feel like that's what I think is a good challenge of Isaiah's teach us to look and discern and say, what is God doing across through the world today? Because as you just whoever said about you know God has these patterns. God has worked with the same character with his people in very similar ways all throughout history. And what we're going to see in Isaiah is he's working with people at a level of a nation and a level of a city like Jerusalem and at a level with other nations. He's working with people at a world view or a worldly, you know, global, more of a global view. And I think it's sort of exciting to say, let's see if we can be faithful as Christians to sort of discern that and get a bigger perspective of how God works globally over time. So that's that's one thing I think I, I'm actually looking forward to with Galatians. Uh, another thing... You mean Isaiah? I mean Isaiah. I just say Galatians. Yeah, because I was looking at Galatians as I said that. Um, another thing that I think we will see is the themes within Galatians are going to be picked right up in Isaiah. So one of the big ones we really um, drilled into in Galatians was this idea of being slaves of Christ, all right, servants, which is really servant. And we're going to see that's a major theme. That's a major theme within um, Isaiah, is this whole idea of what does it mean to really be a servant? But here's the other thing I'm excited about. Is, is how to be a servant as a leader. And that's something we haven't focused on a lot here too. So I'm hoping that what Isaiah is going to do is teach all of us as men to be leaders in where we are in our lives, whether that's with our wives, whether that's with our kids, whether that's with our jobs, whether that's with something maybe bigger. And how do we really become godly leaders after like what Isaiah is going to show us and lead in a godly way. And that's one of the big failures that you see happen throughout, with a big judgment that's happening within throughout Isaiah is about people who've been placed in positions often by God to be leaders after God's own heart, <laughs> David, and how because of their leading, nations fell. Millions of people were killed. Millions of people were exiled because of single people who were leading and turned away from God and how they led. So my hope is we also learn to be leaders wherever we are that lead after the way of what Isaiah is going to teach us. So those are some of just some of the things that I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and I'm going to learn a lot as we go through here. Um, with Isaiah. All right. Um, okay. So last thing is, and then I'm I want to look do one more thing to just sort of give us a perspective here, or something around Isaiah to really talk about how are we going to go through Isaiah or as we're walking through Isaiah, and then we're going to get right into chapter one after that. We've already started. Okay. So one more thing to walk through. Because I want to give you guys, um, and some of you might have seen me do this before. I'm going to use it a little differently. I don't know if you have or not. Um, does it, has anybody ever seen this before? Yes, I think I remember that thing. 
Okay. You brought it to class. Yeah, I did one time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So once you, if you remember it, you probably remember what it is. Okay. I'll, if you haven't seen it before, okay, I would just show you what it is. It's it is a pen. Okay. But it's sort of a special pen. Okay. Because and I, and you can sort of look at there's sort of two pieces to the pen. But I want you to just sort of look at it. Have you seen it before, Gil? I want you to just sort of look at it. Don't spend too much time with it. I want everybody to just sort of have a chance to look at it. Um, because it's going to speak a little bit about our approach to Isaiah. All right. But I want you to just look at the pen and try to observe as to what, what is, what do you see with this pen? That was the chair. <laughs> you don't say anything about it. Just, just look at it for a little bit and then just pass it on and um, we'll talk about it. Because I want, I'm going to use this sort of as a way of us thinking about how our approach to Isaiah, which is going to be a little bit different than what we're doing with some other books. There's um, naked people on there. <laughs> <laughs> Made in God's image. <laughs> they're wearing little figs. So they're not really naked. Yeah. I've covered them up. <laughs> Gil, did you notice the naked people on this? No, I yeah. can't see it. In there. Oh, the other too. They're covered up by a peacock. <laughs> oh, there's a, I see a snake. <laughs> Did you ever see this pen before, John? Yes. You remember that? I remember seeing it, yeah. It's a beauty. Where where did that come from? So um, it's it's probably of all my possessions, probably my most prized possession. Um, I don't have any collector things. I never collected anything. I've never really, you know, like art or anything like that. This is probably my only thing I've ever, quote, unquote, collected from a piece of art. Um, and invested in, I guess you could say. Um, it's actually the same pen that was given to Pope um, Benedict. Benedict? Is that he the one before this Pope? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this was actually given to him, too. So he has, I have numbers something. Um, there's only 100 made, and he has numbers something. Hmm. So... Um, <clears throat> but I, but I, when I, do you know what the number this is? Yes, says I'm there. I forget what number. Do it you is. use it? Not really. No, I actually don't. It takes use a it. big hand to <laughs> hold it. <laughs> I don't because I don't want to. Um, yeah, it's like a collector's item. Right. You know, but I, I got it years ago when it first came out, um, and I got it because I just thought, wow, <laughs> uh-huh. phenomenal way of talking about the Bible. Sure. Yeah. You know. Um, so <clears throat> had you seen it before Steve? Yeah. Oh. You ever, that, yeah. Did you ever see it before? Steve, Steve, Steve. Yeah. No. No, yeah, yeah. I don't didn't know if you'd seen it before. I've got like three Steves all sitting next to each other. That's amazing. <laughs> a small group like this yeah. has three Steves. It's, it's sitting at three, three Johns is not <laughs> uncommon, but three Steves is very rare. Mm-hmm. Who is the designer? Um, the design is so it's a Viscotti pen. Um, the designer is his name is Claudio Mazzi, 
and he's the one who, um, and this is it's made out of ivory, and it's a very special thing that they've never done with a pen before, made out of ivory, and he's the one who painted all these paintings on it. Um, How do they smuggle the ivory? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so is each pen hand-painted? I've never really, I, d I don't know. I would look that up again, and I didn't see whether it's, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know the answer exactly to that. So, but all I do know is there's only a hundred of them. So, um, what number is that, Steve? 60. Out of, 60. Out of uh, 199. Oh, 200 then. Okay, it's 200, sorry. Yeah. Hmm. So, the Pope got number one? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I've actually heard there's a zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the which is like the first one before they start making them or whatever. Artist proof. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So just tell me what you see when you look at this. What do you see? A lot of you have seen this before. What what is it you're seeing? Biblical imagery. A what? Biblical imagery. Okay. Biblical imagery. Yeah. Bible stories. It's what? Bible stories. Bible stories. Very good. Look like it's taking the Bible from beginning to end. Yeah. So say that again. It's taking the Bible from beginning to end. Very good. You guys hear that? It's taking uh -huh. the Bible from the beginning to the end. All right. What else do you notice about how it does that? Anything you notice in how it does that? It appears to be... circles around. Rotates around. Yeah. Chronological. Yeah, yeah, rotates around. What else do you notice about the... So... When you say it's beginning to the end, do you notice anything about how they're doing that? <laughs> Chronologically. I, I get, I'm holding it while I ask questions. <laughs> uh, well, in the Old Testament, it seems, it appears to be circular, and in the New Testament, which is the one above, it's mm. not necessarily circular. It's sort of Goes up and down. Yeah. So did you, did you guys? What did he? What did you just say about where is the Old Testament? Beneath, on the bottom half. Okay. So you guys know that yeah. that you've got the Old Testament on the bottom, and you've got the New Testament on top. Yeah. You see that? And the tippity top part is. The tippity top. <laughs> well, not the gold, but the yeah. images. Christ risen. Right. So something too, just to be, just to, I don't know if you noticed, you guys, any, any of you noticed this on here? I did, yeah. And what do you notice about that? Those facets. Okay. It, it, I didn't know if there were, maybe, maybe there are 12. I don't know. Or 10, sorry. There's 10. Okay. So what does those 10 represent? Yes. What do the 10 represent? They're actually in Hebrew there. Yes. Do you know what the 10 represent? 10 tribes. No. Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Yeah. Very good. Okay. And then for for thousands of years, people have been wondering where in the heck the Holy Grail is. Anybody hear about the Holy sure. Grail? You've probably seen movies about that. You know, I mean, that was the, the cup that Jesus drank from when he did the Last Communion. I have it. <laughs> because <laughs> there it is. There it is. Ta-da! <laughs> oh, wow. so funny. 
So just don't tell anybody else where it is. But does it come out? I don't remember that no, part. I might not have showed you. You didn't show. No, yeah. no, we didn't see it before. I don't think we even talked is about that. The is that part of the top, or did you turn it over? Yeah. So Something. this is well. It's actually part of the bottom. The bottom. So here's yeah. the top. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And here's the bottom, and there you have wow. something to look into. Okay. Um, so the reason why you have chosen wisely. It's what? You have chosen wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out! The floor is moving. So. Um, one of the things that one of the things in showing this, because I want to take this to where we're going to go and what we're going to do with Isaiah, is um, that I want you to notice that you know, without to be a, ten, a pen, I mean this is a pen I can write with, but it's not fully a pen unless I have the top to it. Okay, so I mean I have these two sections here. Both yeah. of those go together to make up the whole. Sure. All right. And so that's the same thing as with the Bible, obviously, is that you've got to have both sections. Okay. You know, if you just gave this to someone, it's pretty useless. All right. Um, and in some ways, it's sort of interesting that this is sort of the top of it. All right. But you've got the Old Testament of the stories. The other thing, though, to notice is you, you have these paintings on here that represent certain stories within... The Bible, but it obviously doesn't show you all the stories in the Bible. They no. selected what those different stories are, all right. And so they made a choice to take key stories that they believed as the author who put this pen together and said, okay, I'm going to make paintings of these stories. It's like when John and Jason went up to the top of the hill to paint something, all right. You're making choices as to what you're going to include in those choices. All right. So when we think about Isaiah, I think someone said, like you were talking about, that Isaiah has multiple. Some people think they it might have multiple authors. One of the problems that has happened with Isaiah over the years is it has been literally just cut up into pieces. Okay, and handled as cut up in pieces. So people will say, oh, well, 1 through 39, okay, is by one author written at a certain time, and 40 through 55 is another, or 40 through 60, or 66, all right? And so people have actually had debates, and they've actually treated Isaiah very much in a piecemeal sort of type fashion. And it gets quoted a lot of times that way. And so what we're going to do is as we walk through Isaiah, we're going to treat it like Jesus treats it. All right? Jesus doesn't, he always just says, Isaiah. All right? No matter where he quotes from, no matter where the New Testament quotes from, it doesn't, it doesn't have different sections of Isaiah. It is always treated as a whole. Okay? And so we're going to do that. We're going to look and treat Isaiah. And that's why we're going to do all of Isaiah. I mean, before I used to debate, well, in fact, didn't you guys sort of start going through Isaiah yeah, I when I was gone? Around like six or seven or eight or something. Is that what you did? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times, you know, people will go through, let's do 40 through 55. Let's do this section. Let's do that section. And that's why I just fell as I was going through it. It's really important that we do the whole thing. 
okay, because it needs to be and has always been treated by the Jews and by Jesus and the New Testament's always been treated as a single whole. All right. It's a single what? Single whole. Single whole. One whole thing. It's, yeah. it's one pen. I always okay. thought it was like a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, which is part of the reason why it's called the fifth gospel. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that right. he talks about. All right. So as we go through here, it's important for us to always look and say the whole thing. <laughs> okay. And to treat it as a whole book and everything that it's trying to tell us. And one of the things we're going to see in doing that is very much like this pen. It's very much like the Bible. When we go through Isaiah, it's very much like the Bible where there are certain paintings that are selected to talk about. Uh And there are themes that go all the way through Isaiah. Mm. Okay, And they're really important to see because those themes help us to really see the character of God and how he is with his people that is consistent from chapter 1 all the way through 66. And so the hope is is we will treat Isaiah as we go through it very much like you treat the entire Bible. But we will find that there are certain particular themes that God's having Isaiah point to that he's going to echo all the way through it. Okay, And those are some of the things that we're going to be really focusing on is trying to encounter God and see wow, God always does this and he does this whether it's with Ahaz or Hezekiah or stuff with Jesus and he just echoes it all the way through okay, and so that's part of the reason, that's part of the way our sort of our approach of going through Isaiah which will mean that we're not going to <laughs> we're not going to take the number of weeks we spent on Galatians and the number of pages and then multiply that out to Isaiah and say oh my gosh, it's going to be 10 years that we get done because we have these themes we're going to start in the next couple of weeks really focusing on a couple themes that start out Isaiah. But those themes sort of ruffle all the way through. So as we, can, as we start reading through Isaiah, we'll be able to see those and pick those up and be able to move at faster paces through parts of it. Okay. Um, so does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So this is going to be yeah. our, our approach as we, as we walk through with that. Yeah. So it's just sort of give you guys a little bit of a fourth thought. Did you pick up any, and when you heard chapter one, are there any ones when you we listened that you already are seeing that are potential things you heard? Yeah, I mean, what we were saying. Yeah, which was what? Which he, God identifies in this case, the hypocrisy. What he, what what these people are missing, which uh-huh. are not doing right. The fact that there's going to be a price to be paid for that, and effectively it's going to be that our, our relationship is severed in some form or fashion. There will be a redemptive opportunity. And if you listen, if you, and you hear, <laughs> there you go, yeah. And you want your hearts to be mended, they will be. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm, not, you're going to continue in this cycle. Right. Very good, Jason. Okay, so those are the types of things. If you if you even take a look at, um, well, we'll see that I meant. You're going to see language that just gets rippled all the way through. Okay. Um, so as we're going through this, my hope is that 
when we go through and we hear these things, it's going to be almost like you getting to know a person. You know, as you get to know a person, you start picking up who they are. It's like, I know my wife and the certain patterns that she has. And I get to really know her personally. But I also start, as I get to know her personally, I know how she is. <laughs> I know what to do or what not to do. All right? And that's the same thing with God. We want to get to know him personally because he is a personal God and start figuring out who is this God and start hearing that from God. So as we act out and we live our lives, we go, oh, whoops. <laughs> I need not do that. I need to I need to do this. Okay. And we're sort of getting in Isaiah sort of a whole biblical history of God just with that. Um, so it's sort of exciting. It's like we get to we get to take one book, and I think in that book we're going to really get at, and I'm hoping personally encounter who God is. Okay. Um, so let's start that and turn to chapter one. <clears throat> I would just start going through chapter one. Uh, start start walking through there tonight. Um, so, who wants to read just um, verse one? Anybody? <laughs> you want to volunteer? The vision of Isaiah the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham. Ahaz, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. All right. There's your four kings. So, <coughs> what do you guys just see? Just look at this very. Oh, what 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 is this? What's what are you reading here? It's a vision. You what? We're gonna see a vision. He sees a vision. Okay, very good. So, what's a vision? Why? Why? What? What is a vision? It's a glimpse. Okay. Well, it's a, or, or it's not a glimpse. It's incredibly specific. Okay. Well, it's an illustration. It's an illustration. All right. Why do you think the word vision is used here? Whenever you hear about a vision in the scripture, any thoughts as to what if a something's vision? being revealed? Very good. Very good. So a vision is something that's being revealed. And when that word for vision, which is used in Hebrew here, it's about something to be revealed. What What is being revealed? Who is revealing it? God. God. All right. Always when a vi- when the word vision happens in the, in, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, it is always referred, very, very good, it's always referred to as something that God... Is going to reveal and make known that has been not been known before. An apocalypse. Yeah, so it's it's like a, it's like an opening up. I mean, that's what's so exciting when you think of it. We have a living God who reveals Himself to us. All right, and that's what He's doing in Isaiah. He's a vision is He's telling us something about Him that we would never be able to figure out ourselves. <laughs> All right. We would never know this is how God is. And we learn how radical he is a lot of times and how different he is than the other gods. Okay, um, And we find that out through 
a vision that he gives. How long a period is it for those four kings? Roughly, I, I, we don't know exactly, but probably about 150 years or so. Okay. Yeah, 100, 150 years, something around there. Yeah, okay. All right, what else do we see here? So it's a vision revealed by God. Which he saw the vision. Yeah. Now think the language there. I want you to pick up language again. Things you sort of hear echo. The vision he saw. <laughs> what have we already been talking about? That the problem is... Let's see. It's what? We can't see. We can't see. Yeah. So this is something that he saw. All right, what else? Is Judah referring to all of Israel? The people good, of God? Good question. So, very good question. So Judah, anybody know what Judah is? It's the southern kingdom. kingdom. Southern it's the southern kingdom. kingdom. Very good. So at this point in time, Israel, this will get so confusing. <laughs> During the time of David and Solomon, Israel was one whole country, one whole, okay, what you would call it today, all right, although it gets divided today. When the nation, when it broke up into half, the northern portion was called Israel, and the southern portion mm -hmm. was called Judah. Judah starts basically about where Jerusalem is. So Judah is, has Jerusalem in it, the city of Jerusalem, where Israel does not, all right? And Judah is smaller than Israel. And we'll see this on maps as we go through. Okay, um, Israel was typically a lot more people, a lot more power. Judah was very small. All right. Um, and didn't have a lot of that. But Why were they divided in half? Because <laughs> the, the nation of Israel did what we're going to learn here. They fell back into idols and mm. back into sin and mm. back into all that through their leaders often. So they and split. because of that, God let them divide. Mm. All right. So um, and they were more. sometimes at war with each other. I mean, Israel and Judah were even sometimes. Physical at war. war. Yeah. Uh -oh. Physical war. Sometimes even, this, this is why when Jesus goes through Samaria... What did the disciples do? They say, Jesus, rain down lightning and thunder on these people. <laughs> Why? Because the, 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 they were from, the disciples are from Judah, all right? And they hated Samaria, which was part of the Israel northern kingdom, okay? And because a lot of, uh, they intermarried a lot, all right? They did not worship at the Temple of Jerusalem. I mean, they were hate, the Good Samaritan. <laughs> they were hated by Judah. Mm. All right. Sounds like Northern and Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm from Northern California. We hated SoCal so people. Yeah, exactly. We thought they were creepy. Great <laughs> <laughs> on the kingdom. Yeah. Uh -huh. split, was it the city of Samaria actually the capital of Israel? Um. In Jerusalem was it? Yeah, Jerusalem was the capital. It's not. I don't think it. I have to. It's. I think the. I think it is in Samaria, 
but I gotta, I'm trying to remember what the name of the city is. I don't think it is Samaria, but I think it's in that region where the capital is. Yeah, I thought yeah. there was a city in Israel and, and, and they're split. Yeah, and I'll we'll have, to, I'll have to look at that. I forget it, it, what it the name of it is. It could be Sumer. Sumer. Sumer? Sumer, yeah. It was a, an ancient city. Yeah, there's some city that, that, though, that where they had a temple and they would they had their own temple where they would worship Yahweh, where they would worship God. Uh-huh. Um, but that wasn't considered real worship because the real temple was in Jerusalem. All right. Um, and so here, very good point, because here you see concerning these first oracles or prophecies are concerning, and you see God most concerned around Jerusalem and around Judah. All right, that's where you see him a lot of his focus that that's what he wants to restore his people there. All right, and we'll see that as we go along. Um, anything else you notice? I think Jason already said, didn't you, Jason, at the very beginning? There's four kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's here's and those those are kings of Judah. This actually says that. Right. All right. So we'll be hearing a lot about the kings and the and the oracles around Judah and Jerusalem, and then we will also be hearing about those around Israel, and just see what's happening with all that as we as we go along. Okay. All right. So let's look at verse two. Look how this starts out. Hear, O heavens. And give ear. So this is the vision now. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. So when you just read that, does that like... (laughs) Does it dream up anything? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What What are you hearing when you hear that? What do you think of just that passage right there? Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. It's from the heavenly kingdom into all creation. All right. Yeah, it's 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 infinite. All right. It speaks to everyone. And which saying, part of where? Which part of the story in the Bible are you Genesis. hearing there? Genesis. Very good. Which yeah. part of Genesis? <laughs> the beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, God created what? The heavens. Okay, and the Earth. All right. And this is God's creation. And here you see him, in essence, in this vision, what's happening is the vision, God is calling upon as witnesses as to what he's going to say, the very heavens and earth in which he created. So he's speaking in a language here of like, this is, he's like calling out and saying, you are my witnesses, my creation, as to what I'm going to say. It's almost like his very creation becomes his witness to what he's now going to say. And what happens in what happens in creation? How do things get made? Well, he's announcing he's got dominion over all heavens and earth. Yeah, yeah, he is right. However, he spoke. He spoke. Creation right? into existence. So you see here, what does what does God do? He He's going to speak. And when God speaks, it's not just that we are to listen. When God speaks, <laughs> things happen. 
The heavens and the earth are created. <laughs> but I, when I first read this, I thought how fascinating it was. Hear, O heavens, i.e., command. Yeah. Okay? Uh huh. Give ear, O earth, i.e., you have to interact. Yeah. Right? Like, hear, heavens, it's happening. Right? These words are permeating into you. It's so it's a thing. But give ear, O Earth. It's it's more interactive. It's a it's more of a um, more of a choice. It's weird. It's hmm. it's different. Why not hear O heavens and hear O Earth? Well, r- remember what I read in Isaiah six. And you hear echoes yes. already? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hear yeah. with, what do you hear with? Your ear. Ears. Yeah, right. So you've got you've got both the physical part and you've got the actual part of hearing. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna ready right at the very beginning. That's what Sandy's themes. Mm-hmm. Right, at the very very opening words here. Mm-hmm. We have something that's going to echo all the way through. And what are you doing with your ear? You're giving it. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's good. And give ear, which. It's like, what does that mean when you guys hear that? What do you... You better listen. Listen, you better listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like... <laughs> I'm listening to you, you know? It's like with our eyesight, we love Give, give full perceive. attention. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Remember in, remember in Hebrews? Hebrews 2? Um, give the... How to say... Um, Give the most attention to. I mean, it was like, remember in Hebrews 2, it said, you know, really, really hear the word of God. <laughs> okay. So he's really calling us to go, whoa, listen. We better listen to what he's going to say. Um, anybody else there? Okay. You guys should know this. We'll see. A little test. Who is speaking here? It says, for the who has spoken? The Lord. And what does, when you see that, what does that? Jesus. No. The word. No. Look at that word. The Yahweh. Capital. What do you say, Steve? Yahweh. Why do you say that? Because all the cap, all capital. All the caps. All Every time you see in the Old Testament, you don't see this in the New, every time. There's always, you always can translate, you will know Hebrew, you can tell someone you know Hebrew. Because every single time in the Old Testament that you see the word Lord in small caps like this, it is always, always (laughs) the word what? Yahweh. 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 The Father. Uh, What's well, the word Yahweh? Mm-hmm. Yohe Vahe are the three, are the four Hebrew letters. Okay. Why is that important? Why? What? What is Yahweh? Because when you see the word God, it's just Elohim, and the word Elohim can mean God and gods and any god. Yahweh okay. would be like the trilogy, basically. Well. Uh, uh, God, uh, the, the very 
center point of creation. I thought it went back to God with the unpronounceable name. Going back to the... (laughs) You're going to say... Yeah, going going back to the the very cause of causes. Yeah, but what... I thought it had something to do with Exodus. Very good. It actually has something to do with Exodus. Anybody remember? Well, he announces who he is. I am that I am. Yeah. That's right. Why does he do that? Why does he say, why does he announce this name? He does something no other God will do, ever. Because his people will know. His people know who what? Will know who who it is. Will know, very good. Okay. So his people will know who he is. He's not, he's giving his, what? He's saying, this is my name. Yahweh is my name. When you go to Pharaoh, you tell Pharaoh it's Yahweh who's coming <laughs> to take his people. All right, we're not going to turn to that right now. Maybe we'll look at that at the opening of next week. But it is it is it is a personal name, like Greg. Okay, I'm a, I'm a I am a male. Okay, I could just generically say, you know, I'm a man speaking. Just like God could, um, Yahweh could say, well, I'm God, I'm Elohim. But he's saying, no, I want you to know my name. Mm. I want you to tell people my name. I care about you knowing, not that I'm some God up there, Mm. but that you know me personally. Mm -hmm. This is where you see our God, the God of Israel, is so different than all the other gods because it is a God that wants to personally know his people and personally cares about his people. And so when you read that word Yahweh, you read the Lord there, you should always sort of step back and go, wow, this is the God of the universe who personally wants me to hear him, (laughs) understand him, see him. I mean, from the very beginning we talk about have a personal relationship with Christ, this is where it ultimately comes from. We have a God who wants to personally know his people and has spent the entire history doing that. So he cares about who he's going to talk to, and we'll see that as we oh, as we look next week. All right. So you can just see, just this beginning, opening, just a couple of words in Isaiah, it's like, whoa. <laughs> he's sort of calling attention to I, he's calling attention to the Exodus. He's calling attention from the time of creation. He's calling attention ultimately to what, how he wants to be with all of us. He doesn't want to be a God up there being like, oh, you know, I'm the wrath of God like all the other gods were that everyone fears. He wants to be a God that's like, knows John. Knows yes. that John knows his heart and God knows John's heart. Yeah. And cares about him. So... There's the opening of Isaiah. So, um, yes. No, that's all right. It's the, the children have. That's the children of Israel. He's speaking of there. Well, pick up that next week. Don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead now, first. <laughs> no, good question. Very, very, we're very gonna move actually, very good question. <laughs> yeah, and we will no just to end. I'll, I'll end. Is that that's what we're going to do in chapter one here? 
we are going to go sort of slow, and then we're going to speed up because the, what's happening right here is the foundation. It is the foundation of everything that's going to start happening. Okay. And we've got to get that as we walk through. Okay, so we are starting our, our, our slow, mm -hmm. but don't expect us to stay that way. All <laughs> right. Oh, uh, <laughs> Sumeria is, a city, is in the city-state of Sumer, which is uh, southern Iraq. So yeah. the Sumeri Sumeri Samaritans came from there. Um, and the city was the city of Ur. About oh, okay. 3800 BC. That's it. Thank you. All right. Father, we thank you for just this evening. Thank you for, I just appreciate the patience of these guys as we get started um, in Isaiah, Lord. And as we go from here, Lord, I pray that um, ultimately that we will turn our ears and we will hear you, Lord that we will understand the great phenomenal love you have for us. And through that love, Lord, that you would just convict the you-know-what out of us. <laughs> that we need to be a people faithful to you, a people obedient to you, because you have loved us so much. Help us this week, Lord, to declare who you are. Proclaim who you are. Let us tell someone and announce to someone that you are not just the Lord of this universe, but you are Yahweh. You are Jesus who has died on the cross. The one who cares about us so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.